right, now I can say it. Good morning and welcome to everybody. To those of you that I can see in the sanctuary and to those of you on Zoom, um, who are, unfortunately I can't uh, see you all, but uh, welcome. For those in the sanctuary, there's, there's a bit of a change this week. Um, mask wearing is no longer mandatory. Um, it, it is being encouraged. We are still encouraging it, but it is at your discretion. And you may now sing, but when you are singing, um, you do have to wear your mask. Okay, so <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there step by step. <laughs> um, the theme of this morning's service is love one another. And uh, Tony will be speaking on that later. We are called to love one another. But that's not our idea. It was God's idea. And we love because God first loved us. And so I'm going to read you a few verses from 1 John 4. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And the Bible is full of references to the fact that God is abounding in love and faithfulness. References to his unfailing love, to the fact that his love endures forever. And so um, can I invite you now, all of us, to, to sing praises to, to our God who loves us so much. Thank you. Um, and just to remind you, if you wish to sing in the sanctuary, please put your mask on. Servants of God, your master proclaim and publish abroad his wonderful name, the name all victorious of Jesus extol. His kingdom is glorious and rules over all. God to save and still he is nigh his presence we have the great congregation his triumphs shall sing ascribing salvation to Jesus our King salvation to God who sits on the throne let all cry aloud and honor the sun the praises of jesus all angels proclaim fall down on their faces and worship the lamb 
Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. I comfort my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roll. At the sound of your name, I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. Shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roll at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing. 
nothing compares to the promise I have. Nothing compares to the promise I have. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. Stand, you are my God, 
our Savior and no other love compares to his love for us there will be a time later in the service for intercessory prayer so could I, I ask that we focus now on praise and thanksgiving to the God we've just been singing about and, and to whom we've been singing the God who loves us so much that he gave his only son to die for us to restore that relationship between us and him. So, yep, as you feel led, speak out words of praise and adoration. If you're in the sanctuary, if you put your hand up, Nigel will come with the mic. If you're on Zoom, then please unmute and bring your words of praise to our God. From words from Corinthians, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things and endures all things. Love never ends, and as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. So then, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So make love your aim, so earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Amen. And hope your grace and love is um, limitless. And you take the time with infinitesimal parts of your creation. There is nothing or nobody you can't put right. And I, I thank you for that. And, and coming through so often for us, a small part of, of what you do in your largeness. 
Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father God, thank you out of your love for us, that morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have need of, your hand has provided. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Amen. Father, I just want to thank you that you are such a God of love and compassion, and mercy. And Father, it's just so wonderful not to know that you have chosen us to be yours. And Father, we just praise your, praise your name because you are just so wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Lord God, we thank you that you are love. We thank you that the reason we can love you and love one another is because you first loved us. You showed us the way. You are our example. Lord, we thank you for that love that love that knows no bounds, no bounds of time or, or space or anything. And we acknowledge that even the purest love that exists here amongst, uh, amongst mankind is as nothing compared to your love for us and for your world. We just thank you, and we praise you, and we worship you, God, who is love. Amen. We now have another all-age talk from, from Mark. Hi, everyone. And welcome to this week's All Age video. Now, this week it's a bit of a one-off. We're taking a break from our series on work and we're looking at loving one another because as we come out of lockdown, it's really important for us to be considerate and to love each other because we all have different opinions and views about what we can do as we come out of lockdown. So 
In our All Age video this week, we're looking at what Jesus taught about loving one another. So when Jesus lived on earth, he often taught people using stories. Uh, and a story that teaches is called a parable. Jesus used parables to help explain his point. So this week, I'm going to tell you one of Jesus' parables called the Good Samaritan. So as Jesus was teaching one day, a man from the crowd, and let's call him Billy, asked, Jesus, what do I have to do to live forever? Now, Billy was an expert in the law, so he thought he already knew the answer, but he was trying to trick Jesus. Jesus knew this, so he asked Billy, Billy, what does the law say you must do? Billy replied, love the Lord your God with everything that you have and love your neighbour as much as you love yourself. You got it, confirmed Jesus. But Billy still wanted to catch Jesus out. So he asked another question. That's all very well, but what I don't know is who my neighbour is. Is it just the person who lives next door? That is a good question, retorted Jesus. Let me tell you a story to help you understand. There was this man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, all the people listening were Jews and they knew that the road from Jerusalem to Jericho was particularly dangerous and known for attacks by robbers. But the man had no choice. He had to go to Jericho. Well, while he was on the road, Jesus continued, he was jumped by robbers who beat him up and took all his money and even his clothes. The robbers left him for dead at the side of the road. Now, a little while later, a priest from the temple happened to be traveling along the same route. He saw the man lying there. What do you think he did? Jesus asked. He helped the injured man, of course, came a voice from the crowd. No, he didn't, Jesus said firmly. The priest took one look at the man lying there and he was more worried about getting his nice priestly clothes dirty. So he crossed over to the other side of the road and carried on by. But don't worry, Jesus continued. Soon another man came along. He was also a temple official. He was a Levite. What do you think he did when he saw the wounded man? Well, maybe... He went and got a doctor to help the man, someone shouted tentatively. Unfortunately not, Jesus said. Just like the priest, this man continued on the other side of the road. He avoided the injured man completely. There was a sigh from the crowd. But Jesus continued. A little while later, a third man walked down the road. He was a Samaritan. The crowd gasped. Someone shouted, they're not like us. We don't like them, added someone else. And they don't like us, 
piped up a third. He won't do anything. That is just where you're wrong, Jesus said. As soon as the Samaritan saw the man lying there, he was filled with compassion. He went straight up to him, patched him up. He tended his wounds. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to the nearest inn. He paid the innkeeper to look after him until he was better. And he said to the innkeeper, I'm going to be back in a few days. And if this man's care costs any more than I've already given you, I will settle the bill at that point. Jesus turned back to Billy and said, Okay, Billy, which one of these three men was a neighbour to the man who was robbed? Which one showed him love? Sheepishly, Billy answered, Well, it was the one who helped him. Billy couldn't bring himself to say the Samaritan because Jews and Samaritans didn't get on. Jesus smiled at Billy and said, So your neighbour is anyone who needs your help. It's not just those who are like you, those who have the same views and opinions. We need to be compassionate and love everyone, not just our best friends, not just those people who live next door to us. It doesn't matter if people have slightly different opinions to you. You still need to love them. So Jesus says that we need to treat everyone with love and respect, even if their opinion is different to us. And that's even more important within the church family, isn't it? Particularly as we're coming out of lockdown, many of us will have different ideas about what may be safe or sensible. Some of us will want to ditch the mask straight away and go around hugging everyone, but others will still feel vulnerable and may not even want to go to large gatherings such as church services. Still others will want to continue social distancing and wearing face masks, and there'll be every other variation in between. But as Christians, we are a family and we need to respect each other's point of view. Families do not always agree, but they still love each other. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 to be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love and making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And as we come out of lockdown, that's what we must try to do. Thank you, Mark, for that very timely um, all-age message and uh, indeed for, a, for all your hard work in putting these uh, together week by week. Um, we're now, Janine's going to come now. Um, I expect that most of you will have heard something of the plans for uh, Bereavement Cafe, um, but Janine's just going to come and update us now. Morning, everyone. Nice to see a few more faces actually in the building. It's fantastic. Um, as most of you will have read in the news sheet, the Bereavement Cafe Ministry is to, pour, to support and serve a community of people under God's guidance who are hurting through loss. We're very excited about its progress 
And we're now looking for those talents that God has blessed you with to help either here at the church or from your own home. We're aiming to open this ministry from mid to late October, once a month, between 1.30 and 3 p.m. on a Friday. If you can't commit to monthly, maybe you could consider bi-monthly or quarterly. We're happy to arrange rotors. So how could you get involved? You could be a welcomer, greeting people as they enter the building, making them feel at home, explaining why that we're here for them and direct them into the cafe, pointing out where the loos are, etc. You could help prepare and serve in the kitchen, a welcoming hot drink and a piece of cake. For some, this may be their first experience of church. And talk, talking of cakes, cakes are always welcome. We have some wonderful recipes among us here that we can share with our community. Some of us have signed the disclaimer enabling us to make those cakes at home. So please let me know if you can help in this way. Or perhaps you're nifty with a needle and crafty with creation. Could you become part of a sewing group to make a cushion for a bereaved person to hug? Or do you have some unused material we could use for this? Uh, we already have some material to make aprons for the team. We would really value um, this ministry to be soaked in prayer, intercessory prayer, whilst the cafe is running. Could you commit to a 20 minute time slot? We might have to contact you during the session to inform you of specifics, but whilst keeping and respecting the privacy of our uh, visitors. And again, we'd be happy to arrange a rota. Do you enjoy a spot of gardening? As mentioned before, uh, there'll be a small bereavement garden uh, by the shed behind the manse that will no doubt appreciate your love and attention from time to time. And finally, there's a fun fundraising event at, in Mike and Barbara's garden or in their open plan bifold door lounge, weather dependent, on Saturday the 31st of July between 1 and 4 p.m. where you can enjoy tea, scones with jam and cream and cakes. Whatever the weather, they can accommodate safely at 32 Cobbs Way in Newhall. Please can you pray about these important roles as we serve in this ministry. Please come and speak to the team, Carol, Barbara, Mike, or myself. We'd love you to share in this ministry with us. Thank you. Thank you, Janine. As um, Mark's talk reminded us, there are practical ways of showing love. And as Janine has just said, that another way of uh, showing love to, to the community is through prayer. Um, prayer for the needs that we're aware of. And so we're going to have an opportunity now for intercessory prayer. Um, again, if you're in the sanctuary, if you raise your hand, Nigel will come with the mic. If you're on Zoom, if you mute yourself and pray. Um, can I just remind you that the, the services are recorded? Um, so um, if you're thinking about the information that you might be sharing. One item for prayer, you may have seen the prayer chain this morning for um, Janet M, who is back in hospital. She had a fall on Wednesday and broke her femur and has had uh, what we're told is a partial hip replacement um, on Thursday. So um, yeah, that, uh, that's one situation that you could pray for. Janine's already asked for, for prayer for, the, for people to come forward for the roles for Bereavement Cafe. And I'm sure you will have um, people in situations that you're aware of um, that 
you would wish to pray for or that we can pray for. It doesn't matter if you're praying in the silence of your heart or, or aloud. God hears and God answers. Let's pray. Call us to to care for those that are sick, those that are orphaned, those that are widowed. Father, thank you that you've given us this vision and a compassion to reach out, out to those that have lost a loved one. And uh, Father, we ask your blessing upon this bereavement support ministry. Father, we pray that people may find hope, find friendship, find you amongst their, in their time of grieving. Thank you, you are with us in times of need. So we pray, dear Father, that you will use this ministry to your glory. Help the team as they work together for your good and, uh, and all the preparations. Father, pray that go smoothly. Father, I just want to pray for uh, the funding grant may come forward, that we can make this place more beautiful than what it is, that we can be hospitable. And Father, above all, we pray uh, the church would be motivated and encouraged that every member can have a part to play, whether it's a practical or a spiritual uh, aspect of that. So bless it, Lord, we pray. Amen. Dear Lord, I pray that you ease the burden of both people that run well and people looking after them and bless them. Whether they be relatives, husbands or wives or professional people looking after these people. Of course, the ultimate prayer is um, you take away whatever's wrong with a person that's unwell. That'll probably happen later, as you tell us, you know, when all things are done. But please give these people hope, you know, and, and love and support as they go through these times in their lives that are hard. Amen.
Father, I just want to thank you for the, the time that was had yesterday at John's eldest grandson's wedding. And Father, it's just a, such a lovely time to meet everybody. And Father, I just pray for the bride and the groom, Lord, that they would come to know you. And Father, they'll be able to live a life worthy of you. We thank you, Lord, that they seem a happy couple. We just pray that it will be more than just happiness, but there'll be joy in their hearts from you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father, we pray for Janet. We pray for um, relief from, from any pain that she might be in. We pray for uh, the success of this partial uh, hip replacement that she's had. We pray, Lord, that uh, you will be with her, that she'll feel your presence with her. I'm sure I would feel quite despondent uh, if it were me and this had happened after all that she's been through. And so, Lord, I, I, I do pray for your presence with her, for your peace, that you will surround her with, with your love and uh, your care and that she will recover swiftly from the, this operation. And Lord, I just ask for, for all of us, for wisdom and compassion to one another. It's so difficult to know when uh, we hear that cases are, of COVID are rising, even though within, we know that uh, so many people have been vaccinated and that um, symptoms thankfully don't seem to be so severe, but Lord, it's, it's such a difficult situation. People are still feeling anxious. And so we do ask for wisdom to know um, how to react to one another, whether to take off the masks or, or leave them on, or it's, it's so difficult. But Lord, we would ask that you would be in control of this whole situation. It's not just here, it's worldwide. And it's still, I just still can't get to grips with, with this pandemic and what has happened. And so we ask, Lord, that you will be in control of the, the whole situation of, of, of this virus. And we ask, Lord, that uh, many people will turn to you because of it. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Tony is going to be speaking to us uh, in just a few minutes from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 16. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Father, yet again, we thank you for your, your love. 
We thank you for Tony and for his, his willingness to bring your word to us this morning. We pray for an anointing on the words that he speaks. And we pray for an anointing on us, Lord, also, as, as we hear them. You, you tell us, and we've said so many times, you tell us to be doers of the word, not just hearers. And so would you enable us to, to be doers of the word this morning and uh, in the, the days and weeks ahead. Amen. Well, good morning. It's uh, good to be in fellowship with one another. And wasn't it great to be able to sing? Wasn't it absolutely amazing? Uh, it was difficult with a mask on, I have to admit. Um, taking a deep breath sort of sucked the mask in. Um, so the risk of choking, but it's worth it so that we can praise uh, our living God. So we've changed from uh, the series that we were doing and uh, as Mark and uh, others have said, we are going to finish the study on work. And so a new motivation for work will happen next week. So Mark will be covering that one. Uh, we decided to put this one in, in light of uh, the government changes, um, in response to the government opening up um, or, or taking away a lot of the restrictions. And we felt that these restrictions now being lifted uh, just might have the potential to cause problems. Uh, and you can see from the media, from the government isn't agreeing with itself, the opposition isn't agreeing with itself, business isn't agreeing. There's a whole host of things that are going on that uh, can cause division, can cause disunity. And uh, most of all, I think it's frustration. Because <laughs> we can all get frustrated, can't we? You know, restrictions have been lifted, why are people still wearing masks? Why is this happening? We get all frustrated, get all upset. So we felt that we needed to put in um, a sermon on loving one another. Now, I know that you know that is the right thing to do. And uh, with what Mark shared with us in the All Age video, um, he's stolen the sermon, really, because that's it. So if you want to go home early, we could stop now and uh, just remember what, what Mark said. Uh, but you wouldn't want that, would you? No. So, love one another. And we're looking at Romans 12, verses 19 to 16. Now, the word love in the English language is very restrictive because we've got one word with so many different meanings. And uh, at a sort of superficial level, uh, a lot of us could say, I love curry. A lot of us would say, I hate curry. But uh, there we, are, we use it in that way. I love curry. Or we love a certain kind of music. Just to show you where mine is, it's the shadows. You know? So we've probably got lots of different opinions now. I hate the shadows. Uh, but we also say we love sunny weather. Well, how many of you said that this week? Where day after day, night after night, it got too hot. But that's the way in which we use the word love. And it's a very superficial level. At a deeper level, uh, we use it to express romantic affection for uh, our partners. We use it as an expression of devotion to family members, to children, to mums, to dads, to aunts, to uncles, grandparents, and so on. 
And we also use it as a way of caring for one another and others in the world. But that's not the meaning that Jesus is uh, looking at here in this passage. The meaning that Jesus wants us to understand from this passage in Romans is that it's an agape love, a selfless love for brothers and sisters in Christ. And to understand what this looks like in practice, then Romans 12 is a good place to go because Paul outlines what love is. And he does it in these verses, and uh, there are 12 sort of things he picks out in these verses to share. And so we're going to look at all 12 very briefly. So uh, it won't um, hopefully take that long. So firstly, sincerity. Love, sincerity. And in verse 9, it says, love must be sincere. Now, the word sincere translates as without hypocrisy. And the Greek word for hypocrite means play actor. And Paul makes it clear in this passage that there is no room for play acting in the church. There is no room for this kind of play acting, which smiles at someone when you see them, and the moment their back is turned, it's full of not nice things, slander uh, about the person we've just smiled at and said, I love you as a brother in, or sister in Christ. We need to be authentic Christians with one another and not to pretend to love one another. Pretend love is seen in its vilest form in the betraying of Jesus by the kiss of Judas. And also in verse 9, there's discernment. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Love is discerning. And love should be so passionately devoted to God and to God's purposes. That's where our love should be focused. Every evil which opposes God's kingdom here on earth is hated. And we should cling to God's purposes, because if we don't cling to God's purposes, then we cling to the opposite. And just a couple of examples of that. William Wilberforce, who uh, you know, who was so influential in abolishing slavery, hated the evil of slavery, but loved God's purposes to love one another. And he did something about it. Lord Shaftesbury hated the evil of his day. He fought to remedy some of the world's consequences of the Industrial Revolution, such as child chimney sweeps, children down the mines, and the fair treatment of handicapped people and crippled children of his time. We use different words now, um, but I'm using words of the day that, uh, that uh, he was involved in. Thirdly, affection. In verse 10, it says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Be devoted translates as a sort of natural affection we have for relatives, typically the love that's shown by a parent to a child. The other word which translates as brotherly love is Philadelphia. And this denotes the love of brothers and sisters for one another. Brothers and sisters in Christ to love one another. Paul uses these words which describe warm, affectionate, loving relationships in a family. 
to the tender, to the warm affection, which should unite members of the family of God. This is the kind of people God wants us to be. Fourthly, honour. Verse 10, honour one another above yourselves. Now, the idea here, and uh, don't hear me wrong, uh, is that we should try to outdo each other in showing honour to each other. Now, that sounds a bit strange. Why should we outdo each other in showing honour to one another? But what this means is that rather than pointing to our own achievement, look at me, look what I've done, uh, uh, look how I've achieved in all these areas. What we're trying to do is to recognize and praise the accomplishments of others. So if we see something amazing being done by a brother and sister in Christ, then we need to honor that. And we see how good that is. And we should strive to do even better. Because what it does, it raises the bar of honor for one another as we share together. Fifthly, enthusiasm. Oh, this is a good one, isn't it? Enthusiasm. I can see the enthusiasm. You know, we've all had a week of no sleep and we're all there. But we should get infused. So verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So what does Paul mean? Well, we should be aglow with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit should glow from us. We should be so aglow with the Spirit that we're like a bubbling, boiling pot, alive and overflowing with the presence and the power of God. For this overflow of spiritual enthusiasm, or the bubbling pot, if you see it that way, should be channeled to serve God and to serve God only. And it should overflow with God's presence. So whatever we do for God, whether welcoming people on the door, arranging flowers, we should do it with a glow and a zeal as if we are doing it for God. That's the love we have for one another. We do it for God, but we do it for each other. We should serve enthusiastically, not in our own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit with a servant heart. Sixthly, sixthly, patience in verse 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Hope is the controlling thought here in this verse. We are to live in hope. We are to live in confidence and an expectation of Christ's return and the glory of heaven to follow for those that love him. The hope of Christ's return should be the source of the joy that is within us. But it also calls for patience, because while here on earth we endure tribulation and we need to persevere in prayer. Seventhly, generosity. Verse 13, share with God's people who are in need. And the verb share means to share our resources with others. And our resources could be anything that we have. It can be food, it can be clothing, it can be shelter, it can be giving people lifts in our cars, it can be any sort of thing where we have a resource 
that is needed by someone else. And we fill that need because of the love of God in us, pouring out into that person with need. And this, this sharing needs to be generous. We need to do it generously, sharing where we are of our materials, whatever we have with anyone who is less well off, but with mostly with brothers and sisters in Christ. Eighth, hospitality. Verse 13, practice hospitality. And here Paul means that we are to show hospitality, especially to visitors who come onto our, presence, our premises. And this means that we should make visitors and newcomers as welcome as we can. Now, it's good to stand up here and say, I think we do this well. But you see, the people to ask are the visitors. How well did we do? And that puts a reality on it. So we need to constantly ask visitors, how are we doing with welcoming you into our midst? And the problem is there's a British reserve here and I'm as guilty as anybody. So I talk to myself as well. Don't leave speaking to someone, to someone else. You can just ask, are you visiting? It's a good question, isn't it? And if they say, no, I've been here for the last five weeks. Where have you been? We miss each other, no? I've kicked this now and it's all gone off now. So we need to ask one another. We need to ask questions because it's about being welcomed and we want to welcome people into our midst. And a simple welcome makes all the difference because you never get a second chance to make a first impression. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. And it's that first impression that will stay with someone. So we need to be good at it. So if we're not good at it, for visitors here this morning, then just tell me. And then I'll tell the welcome team off, it's their fault. <laughs> but I hope you're welcome, hope you feel welcome in our midst. Nine, goodwill. And verse 14 says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. And here Paul is talking about how he relates or how we should relate to non-Christians. And perhaps those non-Christians are in our families. Maybe they're people we work with. Maybe it's our neighbours. It can be anyone that we come into contact with who is a non-Christian. Even those who would pour scorn on our faith in Christ, that we are called to bless and not to curse. And that's hard, isn't it? It's hard. But we need to pray a blessing on all of them. And regardless of what they do or what they say, do good to them. This is a real hard word this morning. And, uh, you know, it's good to look in the mirror. And, uh, you know, it starts with the person in the mirror. It's hard. But this is what we're called to do as Christians. Tenth, sympathy. Verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. See, love never stands at a distance from other people's joys or pains. It stands with them. And love identifies with them. 
as we identify with those with joy and with those who mourn. And that's why we're setting up a bereavement cafe. We want to stand with those who mourn and say, we're here and we bless you and we want to share with you. And it'll have an amazing impact. So if you are able to help, so I'll plug it as well and just help because it'll be an amazing ministry. So love enters deeply into the experiences of other people, into their laughter and into their tears. And it feels solidarity with them exactly where they are. Nearly there, 11, harmony. Verse 16, live in harmony with one another. And what Paul is, is saying here is that we as Christians in this church, we are to be like-minded with and one in spirit and in purpose. So do you think we are? I'll leave that with you. And this doesn't mean that we must all think exactly the same about every issue. Being one in the spirit and one in purpose does not mean agreeing on every detail of our life together, but agreeing on the things that matter most that keep us united. And these are that as Christians, we are all united because we have all been saved by Christ's death for us. And all of us owe Christ our allegiance. These are the things that matter above all else. We will disagree on colours of walls. We will disagree on furniture. We will disagree on all sorts of things. But it's disagreeing in love. That accepting each other's point of view. But there are things we should not compromise on. And that is Jesus Christ and his death and saving each one of us. And twelfthly, humility. Verse 16, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. The biggest barrier to unity is pride. Problems we know come in our life together as a church when we think of ourselves more highly than we should. Too high an opinion of ourselves leads us to think that we are always right and others are always wrong and that our opinion matters more than others. A good way of expressing this, that there's Tony's way of doing it and there's the wrong way. <laughs> How many of you have been there? My way is right, your way is wrong. There's no in-between right or wrong. What sort of pride is that in me? That I need to honour one another and I don't need to be conceited. Paul associated with all sorts of different people, but he loved them all and he associated with people of low position. Jesus, while he was on earth, associated with people in a lower position. That is love. And of course, that can translate into our actions as we devote ourselves to humble tasks or if we mean that, that we are associated with low, lowly people. 
And those lowly people could be the outcasts, the poor, the needy. And we live in affluent Surrey. And uh, I'm amazed at the amount of people that come when we do let's do lunch takeaway. I was amazed when I sat in Nap Hill for an hour outside a church and they have a community fridge that opened at 11. I got there at half past 10 and there was already people in the queue. And they're open all day. There is a huge need out there. And we need to associate with those people in need and meet that need. So we know that in reality, that we don't always love others like this. Because it's easy to love those we get on with. And it's easy to love those that we have something in common with. But how do we love like this indiscriminately? This is the agape love that Jesus is talking about and Paul is talking about. You see, if we rely on our own efforts, we soon get disappointed. We simply cannot love out of our own resources. So it's really good news that God's love came to us first. And out of his love that he's poured on us, we dare to love others. And in Romans up to chapter 12, agape love has all been focused on God's love for us, demonstrated in Jesus. For example, and uh, we've had this already, uh, Romans 5 verse 8, but God demonstrated his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We have received Jesus's agape love because he laid down his life to put us right with God. And we now have a relationship with God because of him, because of his death and his resurrection. And when we trust in Jesus and his agape love for us, we need to demonstrate this with one another. We need to demonstrate this as we walk out of those doors into our community, into our workplaces, into our schools, universities, wherever we may be. You see, God pours his love into our hearts and we need to pour it out again. And uh, Romans 5, 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This love of God stays with us, whatever we go through. And as Paul says in Romans 8, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if God lavishes his love and grace on us in generous portions, then we have the responsibility to allow that same love to flow out from us in the same measure. And a good starting point is John 13 and verse 34 and 35. It says this, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And this is a real powerful verse in the Bible. But it's also a difficult verse because you can't ignore it. You can't just say it doesn't, doesn't matter. 
It's not optional. Anyone who professes Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, he commands to love one another. And in this verse, it obviously sometimes just rolls into one. But notice where the full stop is put. A new command I give you, love one another. Full stop. He then goes on to qualify it with the ex explanation, as I have loved you. So love one another, and the way you do it is as I have loved you. This kind of love goes beyond our human nature and understanding, but it's something that we must do. So why does Jesus command us to love? Well, he gives us this command because there is a part in every one of us that rebels against the idea of pure, unconditional love. I will love you if you're worth loving. I will love you if you do something for me. What's in it for me if I love you? That's conditional love. This is unconditional love. I love you for who you are, regardless. And that's hard. It's hard. But we can only do it in God's strength. See, it's easy for us to be selfish. It's easy for us to ignore the person who needs our love, to offer up any kind of excuse rather than get involved in people's lives. It would seem that to love as Jesus loved is humanly impossible. And it is, because we don't do it in our own strength. We do it in God's strength but we should be loving each other unconditionally and sacrificially all the time. And I know that's difficult. And 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. We're able to love one another because it's his love that flows out from us to one another. And understanding this is vital for us to live a life of love as God calls us to do. And the more the love of Jesus fills our lives, the more we will be able to love one another with the same kind of love that has been shown to us. I want to finish with Paul in Ephesians 3. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, and this is the real good book, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And if that's what's being poured in, then what should come out? So we need to pray that God would pour out his love in us by the Holy Spirit so that we may be filled to this measure that is full to overflowing, that we might flow out and love each other, regardless of opinions or anything else. It's agape, unconditional, sacrificial love that we should have for one another. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have poured out your love on each one of us. And we thank you that you demonstrated that love by sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. 
But Lord, as you've poured in your love to each one of us, we want to pour it out to each other, to our brothers and sisters in Christ here in this fellowship, to those in other fellowships. We want to pour out that love into our community. We want to pour out that love into the world in which we live. And as we go into this coming week, we'll find ourselves in different situations. But I know we'll come across people that need love. It may just be someone coming alongside them. It may be they need to know the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. So help us in those situations to demonstrate that love in all we do and all we say. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Tony. Well, like Tony, I don't believe that it's possible for us to love God with all our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength and to love others as we love ourselves without the help of the Holy Spirit. And so our, our closing song is, um, in effect, a prayer asking the Holy Spirit to, to breathe his, his life into each one of us, that we might be the people that uh, God wants us to be. Again on earth, cause 
church to hunger for your ways. Let the fragrance of our prayers arise. Lead us on the road of sacrifice. That in unity the face of Christ may be clear for all the world to see. Let the fragrance. of our prayers arise lead us on the road of sacrifice that in unity the face of Christ may be clear for all the world to see Lord God we thank you again for your love and because, as we've heard several times, we love because you first loved us, I pray that every single person here today, listening on Zoom, listening later, will know beyond a shadow of a doubt how much you love them. Would you open our hearts, Lord, to receive your love? Because we need to do that before we can love each other. And then, Lord, would you enable us to, to reach out to others in love? your love that people may look at us and, and say see how they love one another not just those within the church but those outside the church too lord we want to show your love that as we've sang that sung there our your face may be seen in all that we do because it is all for you and in the words of uh, some words from jude dear friends Build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. To those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ, mercy, peace and love be yours in abundance. Amen. Well, it really has been great to be able to hear uh, singing this morning, even though it's uh, a bit muffled behind masks. Um, one day, hopefully not too, too uh, long in the future, we'll be able to sing without them. But uh, thank you for being with us, those in the sanctuary, those, those on Zoom. Um, and I can say to the people in the sanctuary now, you don't have to be guided out. Um, you can leave. When you, when you wish. Um, if anybody would like prayer after the service, if you're on Zoom, then um, you should have John's number on the, the screen there to call or to text. If anyone in the sanctuary would like prayer, then then just please uh, stay in your, your seat and somebody from the prayer team will come and pray with you. So thank you all and um, yeah, have a good week. <laughs>